0: What's up, everybody? I'm, Tahir Moore. I'm about to hear more. I'm Patrick Cloud. And this is another episode of Damn Internet. You're scary. Yeah, you scary. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a very special guest today. this uh, brother is a botanist. You know, Pat always has all the questions about botany and how things grow and you know, not saying that, you know, it's it's rooted in his love for marijuana, because uh he's just a he's just a curious person, he loves plants, he loves everything about nature, even though he hates the water, it's a weird thing. But you know what? We got we got somebody here that can possibly answer all those questions, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome to the show for the first time, Derek, the botanist. Ba, 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 ba. Thank welcome you. So
1: much, show. I'm so excited.
0: Now, wait, wait, real quick. Derek, hippie let me know that you're uh, the chocolate botanist is not is that a is that a, a handle is play on words with you being black or are you really That's like exactly right cacao? okay okay I didn't know if you only studied cacao right. plants and everything
1: I thought it was no like no no
0: too, yeah
1: <laughs> no, no no no. I did that because you know I'm a single man here so when I would call out people and would be like you know if y'all trying to help me date get somebody to love this chocolate skin
0: and it just became this thing the chocolate botanist
2: the chocolate botanist. That's that
0: lit. works. <laughs> that works. <laughs> well, also, awesome, man. Um, we got the we got the, the the scary squad in the house. What's up to the scary squad? I see you, Miss Joyce, uh Day, Terrace C, T. uh T Hudson, Chloe. I see y'all appreciate you, Chris Brown, for pulling up. Um, Derek, man, tell us how you got into botany. Is it something from, from middle school, high school? What what's going on? How'd you get into it?
1: That's a good question. So I have always had a love and a fascination for plants. I come from eastern carolina so um New Bern to be specific so growing up in the 90s where everything was covered in sepia and we only had like 151 pokemon i would play with so many plants thank you for laughing that was a joke it was, I'm, I'm very hilarious and <laughs> i would play with so many plants and over time i ended up getting this passion for i've always loved science and mm-hmm. eventually junior year high school we did a project where we had to find like what would we do when we grow up and when I found the term plant biology and botany, I was like, this is me. So mm-hmm. forty thousand dollars worth of debt later at NC State, I got a degree at bachelor's. I'm here for
0: it. There you go. There you go. Now, are you a plant parent? Oh,
1: yes, there's you can't see all of them in here, but indoors is about two, three hundred plants and about the same amount outdoors on the patio. Wait,
2: wait, wait where you are right now, like where you live?
0: Ooh. Did you say did you two, three hundred plants inside
2: and about the same outside? Right, don't talk about my
1: children. Don't judge me with my plant children.
2: No, wait. You ever watch Batman and he like he, he ever like he kicked he kick in like Poison Ivy's door and see the living situation. Is it kind of like that? Are there just vines all over the floor and just.
1: It's not like that in, in as much as I want to, but Batman is the villain in that one point because Poison Ivy is just an environmentalist. But it's more like that part of Jamunji where all the plants just really creeped in and they were just all over the walls. So it's just kind of like wall-to-wall plants everywhere. Mm. Um because they make me happy. Whenever I'm sad, I yeah. buy a plant. Whenever I'm happy, I buy a plant. I just buy plants.
0: Let me tell you something, just to speak on that. Last year, I took my wife to Joshua Tree for her birthday. Um, we left later than we should have, and we hit traffic. So what should have been a two-hour drive ended up being a like, three, three-and-a-half-hour drive to get out to Joshua Tree, right? Trash. We get there, and then I have trouble opening up the lock because it's one of the keypad locks, and the instructions didn't say how to illuminate the lock first, and then you have to press another button, then enter the code, and then press another button. It was just like, hit anybody, to illuminate it, and then start typing. And so I was struggling with the door for almost 10 minutes. I was calling the person whose Airbnb was. They weren't really responsive. I had to call Airbnb support. They were, They told me to hold while they try to get in contact with the person. It was a whole ordeal. So on top of the frustration of sitting in traffic, now I'm frustrated because we're out there at night. It's dark. Yeah. There's no uh, porch light to, for me to even see it. Damn. We get in the house finally, and it was so many plants. This person had like a wall of plants, like literally a wall, like you would see in a hotel. And it was so much greenery, I instantly lost all my anger. I had never experienced anything like that, being in an environment that was so full of life that it changed my attitude. So I am a big proponent of having multiple plants. How are your allergies, though? but these, I mean these are those type of plants these are like if you had like elephant ears and and the, the money tree and and small ferns it was things like that so it wasn't anything that like had flowers that would be putting out pollen or things like that it was just so much green and I don't know why maybe from the plants but the air just felt different in there it was it was it was an amazing amazing experience i've never felt that type of thing except at that one airbnb
1: congratulations, the aesthetic nature of plants to be able to impact us in so many ways is another reason why I sit here and I speak for them. And you'll be surprised after a hard day of work, well, when I used to work, a hard day of work or dealing with frustrating people, just sitting here with my plants, watering Mm -hmm. them, digging in the dirt, repotting them, or giving some away, propagating, whatever it is, will just bring me back to a good place like I may play yeah. some gospel or some trap music depends on how I feel and I'm just back up at it and I'm, I'm just excited
0: that's that's
2: dope I could definitely see that I could definitely see that I never thought oh. about the, the other the other things that a plant can give you besides you know like the like improving your mood and, and energy and stuff like that is that a big part of what you do or do you focus on like the science part? So I,
1: it's kind of both of those things. So I am what is considered an ethnobotanist, which is the study of how really plants and people interact, right? So we influence oh. plants and plants influence us. It's kind of a paraphrasing of what uh, ethnobotanist Michael Pollan said in his book, Botany of Desire. So, like, understanding why we use jack-o'-lanterns and we use pumpkins for that, why witches ride on brooms, why we kiss under mistletoes, and on another end of that, the medicinal part of plants, like some of us use certain herbaceous perennials to feel better after a hard day of work, or you ferment them and you drink them, like any of those things, and just the general, like, uh, which is another thing of horticultural therapy, but it's something I'm also interested in. All of those things together are kind of part of what I do, in addition to science, teaching, debunking facts, or debunking uh, lies and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, okay. there's there about five or six words that just went
0: went Listen, over here. Uh, when I tell you, when I tell you, I melted. <laughs> I, I, was, I don't. I was going to ask my next question is like, what is the, I guess the, the 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 science term for some of the lamest terms that we call like elephant ear plant? Is that the science term for it, or those words are different based on you know the field of trend? because. That's what would stop me from being on like an episode of house. When they start getting into the medical jargon oh. and they're using four to six syllable words in the script, I'm like, bro, write me down. <laughs> down a motorcycle in the episode. I can't do these type <laughs> of words, bro. He said, harder uh, t- horticulture uh study. I was like, hey, stop, bro. Stop. me like that.
1: Don't do me like that. So look. Let's go backwards. So horticulture is a different arena of plant science or plant study. So there's botany, plant science, and history. So understanding the inner workings of it, it's an offshoot of biology, right? You have horticulture, which is design, landscaping, beautification, propagation, rather, or making more plants, propagation. And then you have agriculture, farmers, right? Growing the food or the other supplies we need at large hands i seen somebody else comment herbaceous perennials. That's my funny way of saying weed. Herbaceous, funny, you know, kind of herb-like, right? Soft mm. perennial plant that just come out every year. You see okay. it every year and it grows. So when you talk about some of these scientific jargons, the words can throw people off. But one thing I try to do on my platform is to tell people, you do the best you can with what you got, right? So if mm. you call an elephant ear an elephant ear, phenomenal. If you call it a colocasia or an allocasia, it's scientific Latin name, phenomenal. You can use the common name or the Latin name. I know what you mean either way. Like it, it's not that big of a deal, but because I have a degree, I try to throw in those words so that way other people become comfortable with it. Because sometimes mm-hmm. what happens part of people is you run into somebody who uses those big science words mm-hmm. and they use it to lie to
2: you and grift you and now you thrown off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, see I, I feel like it's like they're trying to cross you up with, you know, the 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 big latin words. But how many is it common cuz it seems like you just know your stuff. Is it common for like most botanists to know the like the I guess the the casual name and the latin name or do most people like just study one or the other? So, when you
1: know the common name or the latin name, you sometimes learn them both in succession. So at NC State, I took a couple of horticulture classes because, like, botany and horticulture, even though they're, like, technically different, they're still related enough. It's like that Venn diagram thing that Kamala Harris is always laughing about. They're related enough to be able to um, have us learn both subjects. Mm -hmm. So generally, you learn them both at the same time. So you'll learn, like. Verbena Bonenciaris, which I think is the pronunciation of that specific epithet. So that's, that's, it's like government name when I say the Latin. So the government name is the name that tells you exactly who it is versus the okay. common name. Like, oh yeah, that's Pookie over there. That ain't his real name. He don't sign his right. shit, Pookie. That's his but street name. That's his street name. That's his okay. nickname. We know, we know Pookie. Like people know Derek, but a lot of people don't know Scooter. That's still me. If you're from the 252 and you've known me since a certain amount of time, you know who that is. So it's, we learn them both at the same time. And right. I just sometimes slip between them to again, give people mm. that little bit of empowerment.
0: Right. That's dope. That's dope. Okay. It's gotta be super dope to know so much about one field that is kind of niche. Like a lot of people, especially black people. I've, I've You might be the first black botanist I've met. So to hear you talk with such confidence mastery of your skill is, is very impressive, man. I wish, I mean, I, I, there's not a lot of big words of comedy that I have to use unless I'm just, you know, being braggadocious on stage and throwing them in there, but I, I love when people are excited about that crap, and you seem very excited about what you do.
1: Thank you. Okay, braggadocious, you need the other one. But I think when it comes to you comedian people, there's still skill sets that you all have to have. Mm-hmm. that are important and are very um, like, I can't think of a word that I'm looking for, but it's amazing. We talk about big words and then a lower word loses me, <laughs> but there's certain skill sets that you all have to have that I, I just don't. I can mm-hmm. throw a joke in here and there, but to do a whole comedy sketch, to yeah. do a whole show that's outside of my arena. So I think all mm-hmm. of us have our different skill sets and areas of expertise. There we go expertise Mm. and i appreciate you appreciating mine as i appreciate y'all too for what y'all do
0: do you teach like are you are you uh now that you have your degree do you teach outside of like your youtube page because a lot of people who are well versed in their that feel i'm just saying they, they they're sometimes not the most they're not the most people people You know, they don't have the uh, gift of gab, if you will, and the ability to break down something that may be complex into Mm -hmm. lamest terms so people can uh, at least hear it and then start to digest it. And then you can feed them more. But you seem very jovial. You seem very. Uh, comfortable in these conversations, even in arenas that may be foreign to what you're talking about. So what are you doing outside of the YouTube videos or, 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 or are you doing anything outside of the YouTube videos? Is that your ministry of teaching, your way of doing your ministry?
1: So when it comes to the education of the plant science, right? So I will do classes in person. I have done virtual classes as well. Um, but social media is just in sometimes a quicker way for me to get that information out there. There is so many videos, so many, videos, so many posts, so many websites full of just BS. Mm-hmm. And I try to put out enough content to try to combat that, but it's kind of like bed bugs and roaches. Like some of these people are just shoveling bed bugs and roaches into your brain. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to be like, no, here's the raid. Let's get rid of it. But it's just, it's just more. They just keep dropping the boys off, shaking their bags off at your door and dropping the boards off at your house. So I do a mix of all of it, but even when I'm on the live or in person, the thing I try to tell people is, as a scientist, I spent the years, the efforts, the tears, whatever you want to say, to learn my craft. Mm-hmm. I put in the effort to become knowledgeable about what I know, and it's still a lot that I learn throughout the weeks, throughout the days, right? But unless I'm talking to another botanist, I'm not mm-hmm. going to be like all the way up here having those high-grade conversations because they don't help nobody. If Mm -hmm. you don't understand the language I'm talking on a scientific scale, I might as well be speaking Japanese and hieroglyphics. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I always try on any conversation, teaching I do, whether it's a video, a post, a live in-person thing to say, okay, let me take you from where I am here and then we're going to slowly raise you up because that empowerment, again, allows us to have more Black scientists and more Black Learned people.
0: Damn. That's cool, man. Now, it's what did it you call the cool. weed? Was it her, herbaceous perennials?
1: Herbaceous perennials. That's right. Some people love those herbaceous perennials. And they they take them, they smoke them, they grind yeah. them up, they put them in butter.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I could mm-hmm. be talking
1: about rosemary. I could be talking about sage. Talk you never right. know. But you do it and you're you going about it to have fun.
0: Right. Well, for those people. We should be able to do it. For those people that do the herbaceous perennials uh, in a specific form that requires a bomb, let me just let you know that smoking cannabis does not have to hurt, all right? Upgrade to a freeze pipe today and experience bigger and smoother clouds without the throat burn. Anybody that's used a, a pipe or a bomb before you know the, the burns that I'm talking about, okay? Freeze pipe makes a unique line of freezeable pipes, bubblers, bongs, and dab rigs that cool smoke over 300 degrees, all right? This is a secret freezeable glycerin chamber that comes on every single piece, and all you have to do is pop, it in the, uh, pop the chambers in the freezer for an hour, and as the smoke passes through, it is instantly chilled for a pain-free and refreshing experience. Now, you might have tried putting ice in the bottom of your bong before, but chilling every ounce of smoke, and the icy glycerin chamber would change how you light up forever. Okay. If you have not seen it, I promise you it is gonna blow your mind. We've all tried the ice before, thought it was gonna make a this this is different, guys. I cannot stress, I cannot stress that enough. Completely different. I encourage you, go to freezepipe.com. Look at all of the uh, the pipes and the bongs. All look at all the products. Look at everything that they have, and then just 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 try it. If bongs is your thing, if pipes are your thing, this is where you need to be. And you know, if we're talking about it, we're going to give you a little discount. All right, we got a little something for you. Go to freezepipe.com. Use the code DIYS for ten percent off your entire order. That's freezepipe.com and use the code DIYS for ten percent off. Your entire order. Order today. Domestic shipping is always free. And if you're looking for something you have never, (laughs) when it
2: comes to smoking, this is what you need to do. Holla. Quick question. Um, Because I I saw a hippie through in the comments that you do a lot of debunking videos for like plant hacks and like a lot of the the hack videos. Uh, My favorite one, and I just want to see if they pass the... um, they passed the test, or if you like them. I forget his name. It's the it's the white dude. He does the, like, shring. Oh, you know who I'm talking about? <laughs> immediately. <laughs> he immediately knew who you were talking about. The dude with the long hair who does the, like, yep. Yeah, They're, like, uh, do this thing, and it'll drip for you. If you're out of town, it'll water around. All you to do, do is do this. <laughs> Ding. And then you're going to get all these things. So
1: I love his, his cinematography. We're talking about creative creative explain. Um, I This His cinematography, is his camera work is great. He Hilarious. is 90% of my plant hack debunking because 90% of the stuff he talks about is inaccurate. So really? generally, if someone tells you something can eradicate, it's packed full, chock full. Like if it sounds too good to be true, it's mm-hmm. too true to be good. So there's a lot of hacks that we can do to better our plant care or make it more easier, accessible. So like I recycle soil, I'll add some compost to it. As long as it's not like a bug issue or a pathogen, read like disease or fungus Mm -hmm. thing going on a virus, I'm gonna recycle that soil. And that way I'm not like buying more soil as more than I have to. It ends up working out where I end up having like way more soil than I could ever do anything with. But there are some hacks that are just worthless or pointless, so like making a tea out of banana peels or cucumber peels mm-hmm. is not going to help your plants. It's just going to tell the gnats like, hey, this is the Golden Corral. Come and sit here and be all natty here. This is going to be the Golden Corral and the Freaknik because all you got to do is come over here and you have like the, the nat version of Uncle Luke sitting here playing the music and y'all mm-hmm. can shake your little nat booties and do that. So there's a lot of his videos that are just totally inaccurate. There are some that I've seen that I'm like, oh, okay, you got that right. But Wow, there are way too many lies out there. But I know so where, I, as soon as you said it, I knew exactly what you were talking. So
2: about. where do you, where do you think that comes from? Because you know, obviously, no disrespect to him, but it seems like the more popular he gets, the more content you can have if it's inaccurate. So do you think that that's from a botanist point of view? That's just wrong, or just somebody who's trying to learn on their own? And but you had more educ like how does that how does that happen? How does the YouTuber that, that puts fake hacks up? How does that even happen? That's a very
1: good question. I would like to think that it starts with this beautiful thing we have called the internet where anybody mm-hmm. can put anything up there, right? right? So whether it's a book or the internet, you can publish anything and it doesn't have to be accurate. It, has, it doesn't have to be legitimate. It can just be what is. And all it takes is one person saying, well, my granddaddy told me my grandmama used to say you ain't gonna tell me what my mama said and now it ends up spreading from the books from the paper media to the pinterest of the world Mm -hmm. that ends up going all over twitter all over facebook somebody says thanks people are so excited to have power over their plants right they they're so excited to feel like they know something which is again why i try to give people legitimate stuff because when you feel excited and empowered like okay i know something like we talked about herbaceous perennials you might slip that into a conversation now, because you like, look at me, mm-hmm. all no herbaceous perennials and you're going to sprinkle it in. So in that same way, people will see that, and they'll sprinkle it in. I'm going to crush all these eggshells up, and now my plants are going to be full of nut- nitrogen or calcium. And it's like, well, yeah, no, that's going to happen like over a decade at most, but it's not immediately. And because now they're holding on to that belief, they look at me like... Uh, like I have leprosy or something when I say the opposite. So I think it comes from just misinformation in general being out there and a person seeing that this myth or not, maybe not knowing it's misinformation, but seeing that people respond to it and going from there. And people know plants are trendy. So there are some people not saying he does it, but I know there are some people who will be like, I'm going to get into the plant industry and build my page. And
2: then they'd make a change and do everything else. Mm. Dang I feel like it this this sounds like it could just be random, but <laughs> this hits home for me because I follow that guy and I, I listen to some of those hacks. <laughs> and okay, i'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something that might hurt to hear uh, as mm. a botanist, because um, I love dogs, so when I see those videos of people adopting dogs and then giving them back to the the shelter, Mm-hmm. I think those are the worst type of people ever. So I don't know. You might think of me like this. I want to be a plant dad so bad. I want to. My plants keep dying. Uh, my last group of plants, I was listening to, to to Oh Boy, and it I I couldn't tell if it was because of the stuff I was feeding it or because of the weather change. But I had the problem you were talking about. It was just my balcony became Nat central. Gnats, flies. I couldn't tell if it was just the weather or or the plants itself, and I, I ended up getting rid of them. Uh, I, 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 I I yep. I'm sorry. I right. <laughs> I wish I, I wish I didn't. But what what advice would you give somebody who was misled by the internet? Because <laughs> I wanna I wanna be oh, a
0: and then so a could question. you could you follow with or incorporate in that that response some great starter plants for people who want to be plant dads, but don't necessarily know where to start. So these could be right. plants that, you know, could could help them get started or learn. to Okay. Care. So here's the thing, right? So let's talk
1: about you wanting to be a plant parent. We're going to start backwards and work our way forward, okay? okay? If you want to be a plant parent in general, there are so many plants that are supposed to be like easy. So I've seen so many websites that say these are the easy plants that you can take care of. But the thing I generally tell a person is consider who you are as a plant parent and go from there. So plant parenting is very loosely similar to my opinion, in my opinion, to taking care of animals or children, right? Each child you take care of is different. Each animal you take care of is different. So you have animals, you have dogs, right? Each of your dogs may have a different personality. So you you know how to adjust it, or with children. Children have a different personality. So you learn those children, you learn how to parent them properly and you go forward. In the same way with your plant, when you buy any plant, any of them, do not don't just get it in the store, you know, you grab it in the pot, you say, oh my goodness, this is going to look great and it's going to be long because big mama used to have these and it was 20 feet long and I'm going to do that and then you don't read anything about it and then it dies. Figure out what that plant is. And this plant that I just picked up, this uh. Common name is Pothos, P-O-T-H-O-S, right? This plant is touted as one of the easy ones to take care of. I water it every so often, P-O-T-H-O-S. I water Mm. it every so often, it looks good to me. The other thing is, right, because I acknowledge where I am as a plant parent, I used to kill a lot of plants. In Mm. my former job, I killed a lot of plants, like, purposely. That was part of our job with growing up at a certain point in killing them. But here really? I would kill a lot of plants. Right. Really? Tons of plants would die. Oh, yeah. I, I've i killed a plethora of plants. And really, in my opinion, at, at the job place, we would do it on purpose. I used to we used to make vaccines out of tobacco before the party <laughs> shut down. So
2: God, um, I, hope, I hope veterinarians don't have that practice. <laughs> 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 Love. Dog. I hope not.
1: <laughs> I hope not. But when I would kill plants here, it would be because I would get excited, I'd see it in the store, and I really wouldn't do the research. So once I learned like, okay, let me see what these plants need, that mm-hmm. would tell me what their baseline is. Water, they want to be dry, they want to be wet, they want to dry out in between. Light, they want it bright, they want it indirect, they want whatever. And then any other crazy things that happen. And then the last, the second the last part is, I have to know who I am, right? What I used to do, I would water plants because I was bored, right? I would come home, I'd look at them, I'd be like, you need some water. And I love you so much. And because I equated water to love, this is why I'm single. I gave it all of my attention and it died. Okay. It died. It died real bad.
2: Man. Okay. Ain't nothing
1: like a bad death of a relationship. And when the <laughs> plants would die, you you now you're left here with disappointment and just dirt. And,
2: and nobody wants that. And a, I mean, and a pot. Mm. empty
1: pot, empty dreams, empty heart, single (laughs) life. So so when that happened, I started saying, okay, let me actually check on these plants. So I have all these plants in here on like a mental cycle of when to water and when not to water. There's a couple that are looking bad. I'm not going to show you on camera. But I have a mental cycle of, okay, these snake plants, they don't need a lot of water. So Mm. snake plants is another good plant that you can start off with. You water it depending on snake. Uh Uh-huh. That is the Mm -hmm. common name. So I'm using common names because when you go to the stores, the people are going to know all the common names. They're not going to necessarily know the genus in some of these like Walmarts or big box stores. If you go to a garden center, they will. But we're just going to stick to the common names for the time being. Um, Mm -hmm. Snake plants are beautiful. And I would water them. And everybody knows they're succulents, meaning they hold a lot of water in their leaves. They don't want all that water. So Mm -hmm. they would die. But I I would say to the person that wants to be a plant person and you went to the Internet because they said, this is how you're going to make your plants grow by putting oats in the soil and you bury your dog hair and you're putting milk on this and you do that. I would say to that person, be careful where you get your sources from. Mm -hmm. If the person doesn't really seem like if they seem like really excited and overly enthusiastic, Mm -hmm. really read through those comments, because if you read through that creative explain dudes comments. You see a lot of people be like, "Thank you, this is so great," but you also see people saying, "My stuff died because of you."
2: Mm. But you have to really, you have to really look through it. Wait, that wasn't a joke when you said dog hair.
1: That wasn't a joke at no, all. Those are literal things I've seen on his and other people's content because he's not the only
0: one. Wow, dog hair. Dog hair. That's crazy. You have to, to outsource. If you don't hair. have a dog, you got to go outsource. Hack. So dog has yes. to try a hack. The crazy thing is hacks are supposed to make things easier. I've I've yeah. never really looked at being a plant parent as something that's easy because for someone like you, obviously, you 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 know you still have to learn it and, and master it, but even you have a minute to killing plants from overwatering, and you have a multitude of different species of plants, and each one requires a different type of water, and testing the soil. putting that little thing in there that releases the water every day but you i would have to have a like a a post-it on each pot to remind me when and when not to water these plants because that's that's so much to take in so i don't even know like how hacks plant parents could have hacks because it just seems like such a tedious job to have like i've heard that like roses are the hardest thing to grow like a, a beautiful bed of roses they said that the, the care that you have, the, that's what I heard I just heard some people talking one time and this guy was telling them. this white couple were talking about their 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 backyard and the lady was like oh my roses were the most difficult thing to get everything else came in but I had to uh, prune and clip them so often and, and go out there and all the stuff and I, I mean I was just ear hustling at the bar but she made it sound like they were one of the most difficult flowers to I don't know the word the correct science to, outside of grow
1: to to manage, to, you yeah. know, any of those, right? And mm-hmm. we don't have to use correct science terms. I'm the scientist here. You talk to me in your own language. Uh, Thank all you. All right? When I turn it around, because I know when once I, some people, especially on Clubhouse, they used to try to run me over. When I am a, mention I'm a scientist, that doesn't mean I'm going to be sitting here writing down attendance and tests, okay? I don't do that anymore. What I'm <laughs> going to do is just meet you where you are and we go from there. So for me, because I love roses, And I go for sometimes a more natural look with my plants. I'll say it's not as difficult as people say, unless Mm -hmm. you're one of those people who are trying to upkeep pristine roses, right? Mm -hmm. But even with any of your outdoor plants, your indoor plants, a couple of like basic hacks are like, you group plants together that are similar. So like these plants don't want to be watered often. These plants want to be dry. These plants want to be watered regularly then you don't have to have like a bunch of little post-it notes. You could just have like a couple of little areas, right? Mm-hmm. I used to do that and I kind of moved everything around just to kind of fit whatever aesthetic I was going with. But that is one thing you can do. For checking when plants need to be watered, I just kind of have it in my regimen to just touch plants and touch soil. and be like, mm-hmm. mm, I haven't watered that in a month or two. Let me go ahead and water that one now. A month? So is that normal? There's like some, yeah, there's like some plants like... Yeah, succulent. So, like, this one here is a orchid cactus. This one here. And this one's looking a little rough. This is an orchid cactus. We're going to show this one. This orchid cactus is dry right now. I probably watered it three weeks to a month ago. I have a Christmas cactus over in the corner. It's way off camera. And I water that one, like, monthly or every two months with, like, an eighth of a cup of water.
0: mm Okay, hippie wants us to talk about this unless there's an NDA that you had to sign about this tobacco vaccine thing. Like what? A what? Uh, that's that, he said he had the job before it got shut down, where he was having to grow the plants and then kill them on purpose because they were making a vaccine out of tobacco. How? How is that when tobacco? Like, I mean, I know it's not just that's tobacco. Great that is harmful in cigarettes is all of the additives and the chemicals that create the tar with the tobacco. But what kind of vaccine is being created from tobacco? This is great. Now I'm
1: going to throw some words at you that are Latin. They are just the specific name of this type of tobacco we used. Okay, so let's get ready. So Derek worked about nine years at a company called Medicago USA. Who did? M-E-D-I, Derek, that's me. The the, um,
0: third person.
1: (laughs) That's right, third person. You got to catch on kick. You got to catch up, mustard. <laughs> yeah. Catch up, mustard. Well, <laughs> mustard. Medicago USA, right? Medicago USA used tobacco, which the variety grown was nicotiana. Okay. Yeah. Nicotiana.
0: it's like not it like you said Nicotena, it does sound. Benzhead, it does.
1: There, there we go. You're on the right track with the first part, at least, because it nicotiana. Is the genus of tobacco, right? Okay. The the area family, they that's the family reunion tobacco go to, and then Benthaminiana is this specific house that it grew up in. We Same. can just think about it like that. Benthaminiana.
0: Benthaminiana. Okay. Like a twenty-letter word.
1: Ah, uh-huh. Benthaminiana, right? Okay. This was an Australian species of tobacco um, that we would use, which is different than what built in North Carolina, which is Nicotiana tobacco. Sounds like tobacco, bingo bongo, right? So what had happened was in Canada in the 90s, they discovered that you could use alfalfa, which genus is, medicago, to basically work as a factory to produce vaccines using a virus that is naturally found out in the wilderness in, the, in environments called agrobacteria. Now, I'm bringing this down as low as I can, but some of these words are big. Again, it's just names. We ain't even talked about no terms. right? The, they would infect the plant. Here's a term using a vacuum infiltration where the plant will be basically put in like a vacuum tube. Mm-hmm. And it will suck up all that liquid. Once it's infected with the disease it will pro- that our virus, I should say, the agro, it will produce a series of proteins that almost are like a photocopy of a vaccine. So it's not exactly the vaccine, but to your body, it looks like it. Mm-hmm. And then we would harvest the leaves which would be ripping them off, and um, letting it digest and then being purified and processed into the vaccine. Okay, oh, literally so literally, when the plant was vacuum infiltrated, it would die.
0: Let me see what if I got that. You have this plant, the the uh, the one that we have over here. We have the one okay. over here, and you have the genius one of that one so it's the it's this the, the it's the main family so where all the other plants meet up to celebrate all the the big holidays right you put that in a vacuum co2 right and then you put this little uh, virus in there in a liquid form and because it's vacuum when it it it, it uh, not hear, when it turns to vapor goes into the plant and the plant creates the vaccine because it can fight off this virus And it creates a vaccine that is almost complete for human consumption. but you guys extract it from the leaves, break it down, purify it, and then actually turn it into the actual vaccine.
1: Exactly before the company was shut down. So you would have to purify it because nicotine is like poisonous, right? So nicotine, other things that would happen. But remember that virus would use the plant like a factory and it would produce the proteins that we would use. The byproduct we would use to say, "Hey, this is what it is." So that is what Derek used to do on purpose. Okay. Um, again, before I was laid off in April, sad
2: time. <clears throat> so, so what is this vacuum? What is this vaccine for? It was for
1: COVID before shutting down, and
2: they previously worked on the flu. Okay, so before COVID was a thing, this was this was happening. Before
1: COVID was a thing, it was the flu. Yes, mm-hmm. we were doing so, flu so- vaccines, not COVID vaccines.
2: So do plants like accept, not accept, but do viruses infiltrate plants similar to how they infiltrate us? Or is that not why it's been done?
1: There are plants can get sick in a similar way to we, that we can. But they are not able in a general sense. And I'm not a, this is going to be a big word, pathologist, a person that, sub, that studies plant diseases. So if I'm wrong, If I'm wrong, y'all go ahead and call me out. But in most essences, there we go, or situations, stuttering real bad here, they don't have that issue where they can get human diseases or human viruses. But plants in general can get diseases, fungal infections, or situations like that. And that is why it's used. Like plants are able to, when they are being infiltrated or attacked by a virus, that virus or bacteria is able to say, "Hey, we're going to use you to make whatever we want to make, whether it's more virus or different proteins or whatever."
0: This
2: shit crazy. This okay. is okay. So oh, real quick, okay. I want to. I want to. After After this airs, I'm going to send this video to Creative Explain so he can debunk everything that you're saying. <laughs> I, <love it. laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Give us the accuracy, Mr. Explain. You're have to say I, can't your is messy.
1: I can't wait. And when you send it to him, you can send him my number so he can call me directly. I'm ready for it. I am so ready for him. He's gonna be like, none of this shit is true. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what he's gonna say. And his blind followers are gonna eat it up, them zombies. I feel so bad for them. them people ride for him like some people ride for cb and i can't take it but we're gonna keep going
0: man listen (laughs) listen listen i i i respect everybody's hustle you know everybody's out here just doing the best they can but i appreciate you coming through with the real and and actually helping people uh who may be misguided with misinformation and things of that nature because uh it's a lot of that out there you know it's a lot of that out there Uh as a as a as a podcast, we try to do our best to only support um clients that we really believe in and we trust in. And one of our most trusted clients that we've been rocking with for a while is Blue Chew. Okay. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. And fellas, let's just talk about it. We're talking about sex. Okay. We're not talking about practice. We're talking about sex. All right. Good sex. All right. And now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed, which is what we all want. Everybody wants to feel like they did their best. They pleased their partner, hopefully. Okay, and that's what Blue Chew comes in and delivers. All right. Now, Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. And you could take them any night. Anytime, excuse me. Anytime, day or night, so you can always plan ahead and be ready whenever the opportunity arises. The process is super simple. It doesn't get any simpler. Listen, this all you got to do: sign up at Bluetooth.com. You consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part is, it's done all online, so there are no doctor visits, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Bluetooth tablets are made in the USA and are prepared and shipped directly to your door in a discreet package, all right? I have been a fan and a supporter of Blue Chew over two years now. Y'all know how long we've been rocking with Blue Chew. I would not still be working with them. I would not be telling my homies about it. I would not be passing out my promo code if I did not believe in this product. You could be missing out on some of the best sex in your life just by not trying it. Now, again, when me and Pat started taking this and to this day, we don't need Blue Chew. But it's like if you could do the best that you can with this one tablet, why why would why would you not? Huh? If if taking this made me dunk and all I was doing was shooting twos and threes, why would I not take this? I'm going to I'm going to do it. They always say the first impressions are important. So what about a first-lasting impression? That's what Bluetooth is gonna help you do. That's what it's done for me. So if you guys wanna check it out, you know we always got a deal for you. Try Bluetooth for free when you use our promo code DIYS at checkout all you have to do is pay $5 for shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code DIYS to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and information, safety information, and we thank
2: Bluetooth for sponsoring this podcast. Hey, you know it's so funny. This is this is the the effect your work is happening. Uh it's it's happening so quick. I'm I'm already I already got a text <laughs> from someone who follows our our Patreon saying Oh no! I just bought his book, <laughs> Creative. Oh,
1: <expensive>. <laughs> oh no!
2: So uh, you're you're at least you're slowly undoing some things in the uh, in the botany world.
0: <laughs> okay, and for our Patreon, if you guys have any questions, please put all them in because we definitely want to take advantage of someone that has the knowledge an ability to kind and of lead you in the right the way steer you in the right direction. This is one of them I just saw right here. T. Hudson says, does coffee grounds really benefit plants or certain plants?
1: So oh, yes, it can, but too much of it can be a bad thing. So coffee contains the spent coffee grounds like you get from Starbucks or whatever. They have nitrogen in it, and nitrogen is a micronutrient, right? Now, a lot of these words that sound big, if you break them down, they're not that bad. Micro, small amount. Nutrient, we know what that is. This is a a thing that uh, the plants need in a small amount nitrogen. Too much of it can burn the plants. It makes them look a little little bad, right? So I've used coffee grounds in my past to try to keep some slugs and other um, pests away from my plants. Mm. I have used it in a mix in like raised beds or the pants outside and a little bit indoors, but not as much to add a little nitrogen to my soil mix when i may maybe like transplanting or or even if I'm just like, oh, these plants are looking a little, a little weak, they're looking a little bad, I'll just mix it in water and just like pour it over the plants. Like that is one thing that I will be like, this is something I can make as a tea because it's been ground down and like processed <clears> where <throat> that nitrogen is immediately available for those plants. So yes, just don't use a lot of it. Don't get too happy. Think about Big Mama from Soul Food. We don't want to cut off a foot.
0: There it is uh pat is with the messiness people were saying pat is with the messiness he's trying to store a plant beef you're gonna have that guy going to Derek's house throwing bags of soil on his front porch <laughs> i don't know how plant people be i don't know <laughs> um I don't, I Brandon, don't know uh, Taylor, i'm sorry trailer says <clears throat> does eggshells help the plant grow yes
1: so if you take eggshells and you grind them down because there's a lot of videos to talk about this Eggshells contain calcium, which is, again, another nutrient that the plants can use in order to benefit them, specifically when you're growing like tomatoes or peppers, things in the Solanaceae family, which is, um, again, a big family that contains tomatoes, eggplants, potatoes, tobacco. Um, It's also called the nightshade family, if you want to use a common name. But when you're growing like tomatoes and you get like a black spot on the bottom, it's called blossom end rot and that's for not having enough calcium in your soil. So people will be like, just take the eggshells and grind them down and put them out there. Again, over a year to a decade, that calcium will eventually become available to that plant. But if you want it immediately available, you should put it in um, a vinegar solution, which on my Instagram somewhere, there's a video that tells you like the exact, one of the, or specific recipes to use in order to make your calcium water-soluble, meaning it'll be immediately taken up by your plants. So otherwise, when you're giving eggshells ground up to your plants, it's like sitting your baby in front of a big steak meal and being like, here, infant, eat this steak. They may eventually get it down, but it's Mm -hmm. it's just not in their right form. But if you take it and put it in a Gerbil bottle, then you're like, okay, boom, it's available. The baby's going to be happy. Everybody's good. They're going to be watching that Ryan kid. So it's going to be great.
2: Is that okay. the same for banana peels? Because I I feel like banana peels is the number one plant hack, and I've done that a bunch of times. And I don't I don't I don't I don't know.
1: <laughs> That's great. To all of you who are watching this and you say I'm gonna use banana peels, I want you to look me in my eyes. Stop it, because that is doing nothing. Okay, if you wanted to waste time and effort you could tell Donald Trump that that wig and that tan don't look good on him and see if it would make a change. If you wanted to waste time, you could go to the racist and tell them to stop hating on their biracial grandkid because that ain't going to stop nothing. When you take banana peels and they are just plain fresh banana peels, you haven't dried them out, you haven't maybe cooked them up and you just put them in water, you're just making a mess. And when we go back to talking about gnats, right? You're making a slurry that's appealing for the gnats, but it's not giving the plants really any nutritional benefit. Not any at all. And a lot of people even say it has so much potassium. You know, that's what this guy will say. has so much potassium, but it's not really that big of a deal because it's the peel. The peel or the skin of something is not chopped full of nutrients like we've been led to believe. So you just taking it and sitting it in a jar for two weeks or a month isn't giving your plants anything of benefit. If you want to, you get a compost bin, right? If you live in an apartment or something or you don't want to have a compost bin, you get a bokashi bin, B-O-K-A-S-H-I. And it's another type of compost. And it basically is something you can do where it's like a quick way to break down your food. You can do that and allow your plants to be able to have access to your nutrients by taking that compost or that bokashi and just putting it into a liquid there, putting it into water, diluting it down and giving it into plants. But there's not really a lot of quick ways to make that nutrition available unless you have one of those fancy electric composters. But even then it's just kind of drying out and grinding down your stuff. So yeah, banana water, rice water, all of these other things are just pointless. It's unfortunate. A lot of people are misled. A lot of people kill their plants, but it's just useless.
2: Okay, I, I what the hell I feel like i feel like when I found out the it wasn't real I was just like what why why did they teach me that so how do you keep <laughs> how do you keep bugs and, and gnats away because my plants are just like if I'm not watering them to death, which still makes no sense to me uh i they're just attracting gnats and flies. how do I keep it' Because... The worst part about that is it makes me resent the plants themselves, even though it's my care of them that's messing everything up. So now I'm like, damn, I gotta get out of here because there's all these gnats and flies when it's very, very clearly my fault. So how do <laughs> how do you take care of plants and not turn your own uh, place of living into a nest?
1: That's a very good question. So here's what you do you go to your stove, your wall monkeys or your lows or your home depots. You go or garden center. Okay, for those of you who don't speak Derek, Walmart or Lowe's or your Home Depot. And you go and you find you some Mosquito Bits or Mosquito Dunks, okay? They're like a little round, kind of like tan-looking donut. What do they call You called? probably walked by them before. Mosquito Bits or Mosquito Dunks. Or you can just look for a product that says it has B-T, like B is in boy, T is in Tom. Both of those products are mostly going to be the same. You take your, your mosquito bits or mosquito dunks and you put a heaping teaspoon into a gallon of water, um, of teaspoon, tablespoon, heaping tablespoon into a gallon of warm water. Make sure your water, if you know you like, have a high chlorine content, like it sits out overnight, um, so that when that chlorine evaporates, and when you let it sit for a day and you use it the next day to water your plants over time, that BT, which is. A short name for Bacillus thuringiensis, which is a type of bacteria that basically can eat the larvae of those gnats, your gnat populations would go down. There's also a product from a company called Arbor, A-R-B-E-R. They are not sponsoring me, but if they see this and they want to pay this black botanist some money, I'm here for it. They um, have a bioinsecticide, yes, and they are, um, comes in a yellow bottle, I believe, and I've used that with great results, too. And then other people will talk about bottom watering. You water your plants from the bottom because generally the gnats in a pot are going to be in the top two inches of that pot, kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, having their own party, um, watching reruns of Good Times. I don't know what gnats do. I mean, if you water from the bottom, that water creeps up to where the roots are and you're not necessarily going to have a problem. But for those of us who are like, I'm just going to keep top watering no matter what. Yeah, you you get those products. And How do you
2: water it. something from the the back? though?
1: How you water from the back? is very then, yes. easy. You got it. You got to get it ready first, and it has to be wet. So once you get it in a pot, okay, like this here, you get a bowl or a container. It's almost like I knew y'all were going to ask me all this because I can have all types of stuff beside me. Ain't this yeah. crazy? So yeah. you get a bowl. You get your container. We're going to pretend this is full of water, and you sit it in here. Over time, that water is going to climb up the pot. Once it's like sufficiently heavy, so you like. Oh, it was light before now it's heavy. You put it back and you keep going. Again, for some people that works, but mm-hmm. I just water everything through the top because that's just, for me, what makes sense. Both of them are legitimate, but I just prefer to water through the top. So, um,
2: yeah. yeah. I am gonna yeah, go, go with Arbor, the Arbor insecticide because that first thing you said was, you said you get mosquito bits, put a tablespoon into a gallon of chlorine water. Where do you get all this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> free water, huh? Chlorine free water, chlorine free.
1: Okay. Free water. Okay. Yeah, no chlorine. Yeah, so I can all see of that our water has some. Yeah, all of our water has some level of chlorine in it, especially if they're cleaning your water system. And the chlorine works to kill like things in the water, which you don't want to happen because <laughs> you want these things to grow so you can water your plants and kill the nets
0: Okay, we're going to take a couple more, and then it'll be about time for us to wrap up. But go. uh, Taylor had been talking about this earlier today. I don't know how to say this This plant for sure. Is it Peperomias? That's, like. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she she says she keeps killing hers. Do you have any advice for her?
1: That's a great question. I have the advice for you to ask somebody else, get somebody else to do it, because Derek also kills all of his pepperomias. That's why I don't have them anymore. There are some plants that just don't vibe with me. They really don't. And I've read about them. I've tried to figure it out. And I'm just like, you know what? I give up at this moment. So like I said in the beginning, look into what the Peperomia needs, right? Mm -hmm. The amount of light it needs, the amount of water it needs. And like, if it has any like specifications, like I don't want to be under a vent or anything like that. And give it a shot. I've killed a couple from really... I think overwatering because they are succulent and it's a thin leaf. The peperomias are a beautiful plant, but it's a thin leaf succulent person gave me one. They didn't tell me what to do. And I just started watering because I just, Mm. that's what I do. I just, just went in head first and it died. I bought another one. That one died too. So I was just like, eh, F it. I'm not going to do this anymore. So Google it, ask somebody else. Um, One person I could try to think of that might know is plant blurred on Instagram. I believe she has peperomias. So, so you might be able to ask her.
2: No, no, no tips from Creative Explained, huh? Don't follow nothing
1: that man says, even if it's right. If he tells you, you know, what your name is, don't believe him. He's one of them people that just will try to tell the books what's knowledge and outsmart the books. It, it, and it, you it can't makes, do
2: that. It, it makes me feel better that you, you still kill some plants. Yeah. <laughs> that I makes me hope. hope. All of mine died, and I just thought I was, it, it just wasn't for me. But I, I'm, I'm getting the courage to jump See, It seems like it's a
0: common occurrence that and you, you have to find the one that works for you also. Uh, Brennan Trailer said one more time, what is a golden pH level for most plants? Five to five and a
1: half. Most plants want to be in a slightly acidic environment. So that is for most plants. There's some plants that do like it more alkaline, right? So more on that basic side of the pH versus on the ascetic, but generally five, five and a
0: half. Uh five and a half. Okay, we got a couple more that we're gonna get up out of here. Uh it was one more. Music one, oh, yeah. There, there it is. There it right. is. T Hudson said, do you play music for your plants? And if so, what kind of music do you see the results? Great question. Uh, what kind of music, music mostly, do
1: you? See the I play music mostly for myself. Uh, these plants will hear anything from Afrobeats and K pop to soundtracks, musicals, gospel, uh, Anita Baker. I love Anita Baker. Um, I play Chloe Bailey every so often because I love her too. Um, it's more of a lust, but it's okay. We're going to keep going. Trap, music, gospel, <laughs> a there's lust. a lot of different things. It's more of a lust. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be honest, but it's okay. So yeah, I play a lot of different music, but there's not really any impact or effects I see on my place. So okay. typically if we're playing music, hopefully we're in a good mood. And if we're in a good mood, we may be more attentive to what our plants need, which may let you see more beneficial effects when you're playing like um, hype music versus 90s Mary J. blods yeah. Do you All talk right. to them? Do you talk to your plants? I talk to myself more than anything, but yeah, I talk to them every so often. I Generally, if I oh, leave somewhere. Man.
0: Well, 200 plants, you got to just do... An assembly. You can't just talk to each individual player. You got to have an assembly. All right. Uh, today's announcements are uh, <laughs> we're going to have a small ceremony for the pepperonis. Oh, <laughs> no. Didn't carry over
1: Pepperonis? It, did. <laughs> and look, the pepperoni, it went on to the upper room to grow with Jesus, and I sent it away. <laughs> I, I generally, if I'm leaving, I'll say goodbye, my children. Um, like, hey, y'all be good. I'm going to be back. Or like if I have one of my sisters coming over to, to like water when I'm gone for a week or so, then I'll be like, hey, y'all, you're going to see your auntie soon. I'm going out. Y'all be good. Don't die. And I leave. Mm-hmm. So generally, it's very rare. But um, unless I'm like actively working on a plant, like, okay, tell me what's wrong. Like, show me what's up with you. And that's generally more for myself to say, like, let me look at this plant and try to diagnose what's up.
0: Okay. This will be the last one, and then we're going to get get ready to wrap up. Terrence, said, how viable is composting on a small scale?
2: Hmm. It can be
1: super viable. So if you're composting on a small scale, you are reducing some of your trash waste, right? And if all of us on a small scale had maybe one compost bin, you don't hit everything, but you get the most that you can, that could really shift the environment and our need for soil especially if we could just like give it away right because when you're doing typical like soil mixes they're using a non-renewable resource which is a uh, peat moss which it's a whole big thing about why it's bad to use peat moss but i'm just going to cut it off with it's something that the environment really needs so it can be Mm -hmm. super viable but it can be time consuming right so if you're doing a slow go it can be a couple of months to a year before you really see a good compost form. If you're doing a hot compost or a quicker compost, that is more labor intensive. But it all depends on what you're going for. That's where I generally suggest to people again, Bokashi, B-O-K-A-S-H-I, because that's something where I just set it in a bucket. It's in a bucket system I made, but you can buy the bucket system. Um there's not any earthworms I have to upkeep. And because I do that too, but there's not any earthworms I have to upkeep. And I could just look at it, in two weeks it's going to be done no matter what, and then I could just use it in my garden, burying it under to, to give my plants what they need. So that's the viability. It can be very beneficial for a home gardener.
0: Okay. Cool, man. Well, listen, man, there, we appreciate you stopping by, dropping this knowledge, letting us know what the real is with these uh, plant hacks, if you will. Uh... <laughs> um... Before we get out of here, man, we would love for you to uh, drop your socials. And also, if you have anything coming up uh, that you, you want to let the people know about it and want them to maybe check out, this is the time for you to do that as well.
1: Cool. So, again, everyone, I'm Derek, the Chocolate Botanist. I am on the Chocolate Botanist on all social media platforms except for Twitter. Um, but who's really using Twitter nowadays, anyway? I'm the crazy botanist This stuff that just crazy botanist on Twitter. But if you go to my website, thechocolatebotanist.com, you can find me everywhere. Um, if you are looking for merch or whatever, I have it on my website. And it would be nice if somebody buys a shirt because my birthday's tomorrow. I'm turning 33. So go, hey, gang! Party. So gang, gang. Thank you, thank you. So that's pretty much it. Check out my platforms. Ask me your plant questions. Send me plant hack videos. And let's keep going. And thank y'all for having me.
0: Absolutely. So for a botanist celebrating their birthday, do you just like go to a planetarium or just?
1: Planetarium. Or, I, not a planetarium. A planetarium? is An arboretum. I thought he was serious about subverting my expectations. I, do, I may go to an herbarium or a uh, botanical garden.
0: Or botanical garden, that's arboretum. what i mean.
1: God, man! Yes. Oh, wait, let me take yes. it back. Let me take it back. He so, is celebrating their
0: birthday, do you just go to like <laughs>
2: what
0: did you say? botanical
1: garden? It was a botanical garden.
2: <laughs> plant, he thought it was yeah. plantarium.
1: <laughs> uh-huh, a plantarium. I'm gonna use that from now on. I'm
0: stealing that a one. A plantarium.
1: A plant. Ta- a planetarium. That's what it is. All the planets go there.
0: There was a so many other words That's I could have them. said. I could have
1: said nursery and everything. I just went plants so, uh, I love so, it. Man. I'm here for a couple <laughs> of years ago. I did go to a botanical <laughs> garden for my birthday, but um, I may go and buy plants to one of the local plant shops or somewhere online. Um, generally, I, I have to be careful because I'll spend a lot more money on plants and seeds and stuff that I need. Cause I have a yeah. problem. That's why I have so many plants in this house, but it just depends. I'm, I'm going to be doing some hood plant stuff tomorrow, but we'll see.
0: All right. There it is, man. Hey, <laughs> hey Pat, stall me out, bro. Leave me alone, That's dog. so funny. <laughs> so damn funny. <laughs> I mess up a lot of words, man. That's what I do, man. That's what I'm known for. Uh, well, listen, man, thank you to the Scary Scribe for uh, pulling up. We always appreciate y'all. Shout out to Hippie for reaching out to Derek, getting him on here, putting us on right. game with a lot of stuff that we didn't know, and just knowledge that we didn't have prior to. Uh, Shout out to everybody that's watching this in real time when it comes out on Thursday. We appreciate you guys as well. Uh, Derek told you where you can find him at. It's Chocolate Botanist on all platforms. Crazy Mm -hmm. Botanist uh, on Twitter. As always, I'm to hear more. I'm Patrick Cloud. And we'll see you on the next episode of Damn Internet! You're scary! Peace, guys! (laughs)